welcome back to the big program just after nine o'clock. Let's go in the community now for United Sport and Cycle, where you can save up to 35% off. United Sport and Cycle is your home of hockey for over 95 years, as we welcome in Eli Hetlinger from the Alberta Golden Bears. Eli, you're with Kevin Carius, Lorianne Munzer. Good morning. Thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me. So, still reveling in a big, big victory on Saturday. What was it like to come out on top over the Saskatchewan Huskies, and now you're off to the Hardy Cup? Yeah, it was a it was a great win. Uh, they were a very talented and tough opponent, so uh, definitely glad that we executed our game plan that we prepared against small week. And yeah, we kind of had to put that one to bed yesterday as we got, uh, like you said, UBC coming up here on Saturday in the Hardy Cup. Eli, what was that game against Saskatchewan? I went to the game, watched it, but to beat a team three times in a row in a season is tough. What did Saskatchewan show you, or what did you do differently this time around as opposed to the other two games where the games were a lot closer? Yeah, we just uh, we just kind of had to give what they were taking us. Uh, in the previous couple games, we, uh, we uh, were trying to force a couple things, and then also in those games, uh, the first game I uh, threw two interceptions, I kind of changed the game and then the other the second game we played then we kind of took a lot of points off the board ourselves and, and kind of shot ourselves in the foot so uh, it was nice to play a complete game uh, where uh, no one made too many uh, major mistakes but we obviously made a couple still we have to clean up again before playing UBC on Saturday. Mm-hmm. So thinking about your focus going into UBC here um coming out with you know the the good end of winning here where are your thoughts going into that as a team you know because the team is was relying on you a lot so how do you look at it how do you approach it going into the next game yeah I'm just gonna kind of approach it like I do every week I'm gonna try uh and and learn the game plan study it a little bit extra this week um look to have a good week of practice and gain confidence through execution through that and then uh, through a, a good week of practice, hopefully we could gain confidence then take that and look to execute it on Saturday. Golden Bears quarterback Eli Hetlinger is our guest on Sports 1440. So you threw for 279 yards against Saskatchewan on Saturday, Eli, but the one pass that I was really impressed with was that nice, long, wasn't a floater. It had just the perfect amount of zip on it to Jonathan Rosary over the middle, and he took it in with a lot of good yak yards. Run us through that play if you can. Yeah, it was. Uh, we kind of had a an option where I can get out to uh, to the edge, and Rose, uh, Jonathan Rosie found a nice hole in the zone. Uh, I was able to find him, and then he kind of does. He he did what he always has done uh, his whole life, and and ever since I've been playing with him, you just give give a guy like that the ball, and and he's a special athlete, and and makes those little plays that maybe should only went for uh, ten fifteen yards and into a house call. So. Uh, that's that's more of a credit to him than anything I did, for sure. How many years have you been playing with Rosie? Oh, I've been playing my first year of high school I played with him, so I guess it's six years now. Oh. I played with him one year in high school and then uh, now three years here, so he's a very special athlete and, <laughs> and gratefully he's on my team, <laughs> that's for sure. Always looking for good players like that and that harmony and that connection there. So how are you balancing school, like study, sports, training, games? You know, you're, you said you were studying even the extra plays. Um, how, do you, how do you balance all of this? Yeah, uh, 
a wise lady once told me. She said, "You have uh, you have a lot to do and not a lot of not enough time to do it." So I'm just kidding. Uh, what uh, what you got to do is um, you just kind of got to prioritize things. You gotta, you know, maybe the days where you want to be playing Fortnite or playing Xbox, you kind of gotta realize the the blessing and opportunity you have to play sports, and and that might mean instead of taking that time to play video games, you gotta maybe study study um what you've missed in school because you in, in case you've been on the road at all so it just kind of comes down to maybe shifting a couple priorities and, and knowing you'll get that downtime it's just it might be a little bit delayed um and then yeah there's usually enough time in the day to to do a lot of that stuff and then i i, I guess i'm not gonna preach like i'm taking <laughs> five courses i do take i reduce course load at three three in the season and then i take four or five in the off season to pick it up. So hmm. yeah, it's just kind of arranging your schedule to make sure you have the time to do it. And then if you have the focus to, then you could usually get it done. What are you taking Eli? I'm in kinesiology. So, okay. and then I'm going to do a, a likely an after degree in uh, business. Oh, cool. So, That's a great combination. Wow. Yeah. Thank you. Too smart for me. That's awesome. <laughs> right on. Uh, Eli Hetlinger, Alberta Golden Bears quarterback, is our guest on Sports 1440. Uh, Eli, we did a story on you. I did it, well, I think you were probably in grade 10 or 11. I'm trying to think now when you were at Harry Ainley, you were our uh, Global Athlete of the Week or our MVP. So what did you learn from everybody at Harry Ainley that helped you get to where you are now at the U of A? Yeah, uh, Harry Amy definitely was uh, an amazing place to go to, to prepare uh, for the unit U sports level. Um, Tyler Greenslade and Brock Ralph do uh, an incredible job just kind of simulating uh, as close to a U sport uh, training practices uh, in a high school setting. Um, Brock's offense, it's him and uh, Rick, Rick Walters, mm-hmm. our offensive coordinator, they, uh, I think, may have crossed each other uh, at their time on the mm-hmm. Edmonton Elks, formerly the Edmonton Eskimos. Yep. Um, so there's, <clears throat> obviously they're very different offenses, but there were some, a, a couple of things that crossed over in, in, in terms of philosophy-wise. So uh, just having that base um, to then expand into Rick's offense, which obviously is a little bit more complex, um, definitely helped. And, and yeah, just kind of the culture they had around there, um, pushing athletes to be the best they can be and, and and create a winning culture. And they just won here in the cities against Paul Kane. Mm-hmm. So they're keeping that going. So, <laughs> yeah, no, they, they, they do a great job there, and I'm, I'm grateful to have gone there for sure. What's it like working with Rick Walters right now, Eli? Oh, Rick Walters is, a, is an amazing coach. Um, I can't say enough good things about him. Uh, he, he knows – what to to look for in a defense and, and is very smart in terms of how how to attack that. Um, he likes to get all his players involved in different ways and, and he has a system that uh, makes sense for the quarterback to understand that to put the ball where it needs to go. So um, I, I love working with him. It's been uh, I think five years now because I worked with him a little bit when he was out with the Edmonton Huskies too and yeah, just uh, a really good coach that I'm grateful to work with. Lots of learning and experience imparted by him. It sounds like uh, it's coming over to you. Um, talk to me about mentorship, you know, for 
you coming up? Do you have somebody that you're working with? I know as an athlete, there's so many different things are, that's going on. And, you know, you were talking about managing your time and the focus, the course load, in-season, off-season. Um, do you have somebody, you know, that you look up to or somebody that imparts some really great wisdom that, that you can take and just apply to some of the things that you're doing and your, your vision? Yeah, um, for sure. I might have to go back a couple years to, to answer this question, but when when I came into the Bears, it was uh, Brad Lonhart. Mm-hmm. Um, he was the um, quarterback there for a while, and, and uh, yeah, when I came in, he kind of took me under his wing and, and showed me the ropes of the offense as he um, knew it very well because he had worked with Rick Walters for many years before his time with the Bears. Um, and then since he graduated, uh, you know, I kind of, I was lucky enough he gave me a, a good enough grasp on things where I could kind of now be the mentor um, to, to the other young guys coming into the program. But, uh, yeah, he was for sure uh, my mentor coming into the Bears. Um, awesome. And then I guess now for inspiration, uh, I kind of watch film. I, I was of other quarterbacks playing at other levels and higher levels. Um, I got to know Trey Ford a mm-hmm. bit over the um, summer so it was cool watching him over there and we kind of talked briefly throughout the season uh, between him and I there but yeah this now in in my phase there I kind of just gain inspiration and mentorship through through watching just the odd game like Joe Burrow I like mm-hmm. watching <laughs> yeah kind of like yeah, he was okay uh, last night wasn't he yeah he, he uh, pulled that one out against uh, Buffalo for sure that was a good word Eli Hetlinger, Alberta Golden Bears quarterback, is our guest. Eli, you went to Edmonton Elks training camp this year. What was that experience like for you? It was great. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was a dream come true having um, having watched the Elks my whole life and that being my favorite CFL team, just kind of based on growing up here in Edmonton. Um, it was cool to, to see a pro's perspective on the game and and what their schedule is like and, and how they approach things. So. Uh, it was truly a blessing. I, I learned so much from from the players and coaches, and yeah, it uh, it was a great experience that I'm very grateful to have. And just UBC, you beat or you beat Saskatchewan three times. Similar situation the other way around, but it's the shoes on the other foot. UBC's defeated you guys twice this year, so they'll be trying to do it for the third time. And now you've seen them a couple of times, and again the games. The game out there was closer than the one here with the weather. It was a cold game for you guys to close out the regular season. What are your expectations, and what's this UBC defense uh, provide as an opposition for you? Yeah, they're uh, they're a talented group. They they have uh, they they come into every game with a good game plan, and and they they're disciplined in, in their uh, attention to detail on that. Um, but with that being said. Uh, they know us. We know them. Um, they're going to be practicing hard like we will. Um, so we'll just look to, again, gain confidence or execution through a practice and then look to carry that over on Saturday against them in the Hard Cup. Well, the Bears haven't won a Canada West title since 1981. Um, it's a long time ago. If you guys could pull one out, you'd be the toast of the town for sure. So good luck, uh, Eli. Really appreciate your time. Have a good week of practice and go out and uh, do your very best on Saturday in UBC. Thanks for coming on. Thank you very much for having me. That's Eli Hetlinger in the community for United Sport and Cycle in the heart of Old Strathcona 
for over 95 years. I think he's a confident young man, isn't he, Lorianne? He was great to talk with. Mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm excited about Saturday. You know, up. well, the Duke and I went to the game on Saturday, so yeah. we, were, we were there. And, you know, I saw Duke kind of mosey off into the one little area there, and then I, you know, we went into the alumni lounge. So, uh, wasn't sure if the Duke was kind of trying to slide his way in there or something. Were you trying to get in there, Duke? There's a little bit of a line, and maybe I thought you were kind of weaseling your way in there or not. Down, down. I wanted the best seats in the house down uh, as close to the field as possible. Not all of us have the the privilege of sitting indoors and rubbing shoulders with the big wigs. Some of us got to sit out like pigeons on the stoop you know? uh, to watch the game. And thankfully, the weather was great. Like oh. I just wore a sweater and my, my coat. I mean, if you wanted to throw on a toque and some mins, I think that would have been... Uh, almost too much even like too too hot because like mm-hmm. the, there's a couple times the wind got blown a bit but other than that it was just a beautiful night for football perfect perfect night yeah weather was great no wind temperature was great the big rock products were flowing the duke had a couple i saw in the corner there it was nice <laughs> enjoyed it yeah. the alumni lounge is just a super place too to meet with some old people, old friends. So Hugh O'Neill was down there again. So it was Randy, Dr. Randy Gregg was down there. So uh, it was nice to see a lot of guys for sure. When we come back, we will check in with Al Iannazzoni from Newsday. The Jets take on the Chargers tonight. Monday night football that's coming up on the Kevin Carey Show with our co-host Lorianne Munzer on Sports 1440. Stay with us. All right, welcome back to the big program. Time to talk a little NFL Monday Night Football. LA Chargers taking on the New York Jets tonight as we welcome in Al Iannazone from Newsday. Al, you're with Kevin Carius, Lorianne Munzer, the former Olympic cycling gold medalist. Uh, welcome to Sports 1440. Thanks for coming on. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Well, what do you make of tonight's game? The Jets are a team that, you know, coming in at four and three, still sniffing around. They're really, you know, a team that is just grinding it out, it seems, win by win and week by week. What do you make of tonight's game against the Chargers? Yeah, it's 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 a surprise to most of us that they've, uh, you know, performed as well as they have, especially after losing Aaron Rodgers, you know, four offensive snaps into the season. This is, this is a big game for them. I mean, they're, they're right in the thick of the playoff race. There's still a long way to go. But the fact that, you know, they're four and three, they've won three in a row. Uh, every, <clears throat> you know, they're, if they win tonight, they're half a game out of, out of first place in the AFC East. I know no one could have predicted this mm-hmm. again, especially after they lost Rodgers. Most people thought the Jets could be a Super Bowl contender with Rodgers, with that defense that they have. You know, without them, they're, they're, it's, it's not pretty. But they're finding ways to win, and and in large part due to the defense and special teams, and they've done a decent job not turning the ball over. Al Ianazone from Newsdays, our guest on Sports 1440. What kind of job has Zach Wilson done since taking over, in your opinion, from the injured Aaron Rodgers? Yeah, the numbers don't pop out. Um, but he just looks like a different quarterback than he did last year. And, 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 you know, it's funny how things go and how they, how they change. I mean, I, I don't know if anybody was watching, uh, last week's game against the Giants, but they, they were about to lose that game. You know, Zach Wilson gets sacked on fourth down deep in, in, in Jets territory. Uh, and they get the ball back with 24 seconds left, the Jets did, and he makes two <laughs> terrific throws, 29 yards each, big time throws, you know, rolling out and, just doing a lot of things that, you know, he would not have done last year. 
and he makes those big throws. They get the game-winning, uh, game-time field goal, the game-winning field goal in overtime, and, hey, look how much Zach's grown. If he doesn't make those throws, then it's the Jets better get a quarterback by the trade deadline because Zach's not the answer. You know, it's just that's the way things go when you're, when you're, when you're like that. I think he's made improvement. I think he's, uh, he's grown up a little. I think he's matured. I think Aaron Rodgers has definitely made a difference in his development. And, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what happens tonight because this is a team that puts up a lot of points, the Chargers. And, uh, you know, the Jets don't do that. So it's, it could be uh, up to the defense again unless the offense finds a way to uh, put some points on the board. Well, it sounds like, Al, that uh, the team's finding some interesting ways to win. When you're talking about winning, how big does confidence play into the game plan and the results? Oh, it, it's huge. It's huge. And that's that's where I go back to Zach. He's a different quarterback from last year from that standpoint. You could tell uh, when things weren't going right and, and, and the locker room was seemingly turning on him when he would not. You know, he, he didn't take accountability for a really bad mm-hmm. performance in New England. Uh, his confidence was shot, you know, and you could just tell that. And he's come in this year and he's a different player from that standpoint. And now the players are rallying around him as well, talking about, you know, how different he is, you know, how he's different in the huddle. He's he's different everywhere. You know, he is holding himself more accountability. And look, I think everybody knew that no matter what, the Jets would have a chance to win games because of their defense. They are very confident. That group is extremely confident. They think they can shut down uh, any team and any quarterback, and, and, and for good reason. I mean, they... They lost to the to the Chiefs by three, but they held Mahomes in check. They forced Josh Allen into three interceptions, and they beat the Bills. And they forced Jalen Hurts into three interceptions, and they beat the Eagles. They're the only team that that has beaten the Eagles. So that's a that's a big deal. That goes a long way, confidence wise. That's why this team thinks that they could you know beat anybody. Al Ianazone is our guest from Newsday on Sports 1440. And you mentioned it, Al. Defense wins championships and defense is doing it for the Jets. I think, would you say New York is led by Quinn and Williams? And would you say he is having an outstanding season? Your thoughts on oh, Quinn and Williams? It's yeah. not just him. It's not just him. His brother Quincy okay. might be having a better season than, than, than Quinn. And Quincy was just the, um, the uh, October uh, AFC defensive player of the month, you know, which is funny because Quinnen won that award last year. Uh, and, and Quincy Williams, who plays linebacker, Quinnen's a defensive tackle. He's made it his mission to make the Pro Bowl this year and join his brother at the Pro Bowl. Uh, I just think they have good players all over the place on defense. I mean, they've done a great job building that defense. C.J. Mosley, a veteran, you know, who came over four or five years ago from Baltimore, is the, is the true leader of that defense. He settles everything down. He's the quarterback of the defense, checks every play, uh, gets everybody lined up. Uh, and then you look at their secondary, Sauce Gardner and D.J. Reed, the mm-hmm. cornerbacks. You know, the, the Jets have a really, really good defense. And, 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 again, that's why I think people all believe that they would stick around without Rodgers. With Rodgers, they thought they could contend for a Super Bowl because they would have been good on both sides of the ball. Do you think Aaron Rodgers gets back this year, Al? Uh, you know, it's incredible. I never thought it. And then I guess it was before the Eagle game, he's out on the field and he's throwing the ball uh, and playing catch. And and, and then the the last game, I guess it was last week against the Giants, he's doing mini dropbacks like left, right, left, right, and he's throwing the ball. And, yeah, sure, he's limping. Mm -hmm. He's not ready. He hasn't started jogging yet, things like that. But 
I wouldn't put anything past hmm. them. You know, my concern is, does it make sense? Yeah. You know, if, if, if they, you know, and the whole thing is, if they're in the playoff race, he's, he wants to come back. Uh, so obviously every game is huge for them. But if they're in the playoff race and, 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 and Zach Wilson has them there and he's coming back for maybe a game or two, do you take that risk? Uh, and, I, you know, listen, it's Aaron Rodgers. I think you do. But I think there's a lot of questions and a lot of conversations that have to be had because, you know, the, the person who came back the quickest from my understanding is Cam Akers, who did it in five to five and a half months. Uh, and I think yesterday he just did. He just suffered another Achilles injury, uh, and I'm not saying it's related to to the other one, but it's just something you have to worry about. He's 39 years old. They've invested a lot of money in him, but I would not be surprised if sometime around Christmas, mm-hmm. you know, we're tracking. You know, Aaron Rodgers is back at practice, and he could return. So, what do you think about like you know the ages of the players here? High maturity, lots of vets, younger team, combination, great mentorship. It's a combination. Yeah, that's, that's, that's the best way to put it. It's a, it's a combination. Uh, Rogers has provided a lot of leadership. He's, you know, he's definitely changed the culture uh, because when he says something, people listen. But they had a lot of good young guys. I mean, if you look at last year's draft, uh, they drafted Sauce Gardner, uh, Garrett Wilson, Brees Hall, and Jermaine Johnson. And, you know, those four guys are integral parts of this team right mm-hmm. now. And year two for all of them. Um, so they have a nice mix of young, uh, mature, and then the aging vet like, like Rogers, who's, you know, he's not here to cash a paycheck. He could get paid no matter what. Uh, he had guaranteed money coming from him, you know, from, from, from the Packers. But he thought there was an opportunity to win uh, with the Jets. And I think that his drive to, 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 to return this mm-hmm. season, I've had a couple players tell me how that motivates them, that, you know, they see how hard he's working and they want to, you know, they want to win anyway. But if you could say, hey, Aaron Rodgers is going to, you know, come join you in, in December for your push, makes you want to win even more. Al Ianazone from Newsdays, our guest on Sports 1440, Kevin Carius, Lorianne Munzer. Al, what have you made of the play of Brees Hall this year? He's tremendous. You know, running backs, there's a lot of questions about running backs and their importance to the team. And, you know, we went through this in the offseason where you saw that these running backs weren't getting paid. Uh, you know, I could tell you from my vantage point mm-hmm. that, you know, Brees Hall, who was a second-round pick last year, was the Jets' best offensive player last year the first seven weeks of the season. He, tra- he you know, tore his ACL in Denver. I believe they were uh, – five and two at the time um they won you know two games the rest of the way and the offense was terrible and he still finished the year leading the team in rushing despite missing 10 games and he's come all the way back from that and you know he's one of the most explosive backs in the league uh he leads the league right now averaging 5.7 yards per carry you know he's the only jet to score a touchdown in the last three games offensive touchdown he is a stud, and uh, it, it, again, it just proves that it was a really good draft for the Jets last year because they got the offensive rookie of the year in Garrett Wilson, the defensive rookie of the year in Sauce Gardner, and Brees Hall probably would have been the offensive rookie of the year last year if he didn't miss the last 10 games. Hey, Al, how do you think the Jets' offensive line will handle the likes of Joey Bosa, Khalil Mack tonight? Yeah, that's that's the biggest question, and that's been the biggest question all year coming into this season. 
because uh, they're banged up. You know, they, they, they've lost a bunch of players on the offensive line. Elijah Vera Tucker, uh, Connor McGovern. Uh, you know, they're supposed to get Joe Titman back, who uh, is a rookie. Uh, he played right guard, but now they're going to need him to play center. Uh, you know, Mekhi Becton's going to have his hands full, but they're going to have their hands full with Mekhi Becton at the tackle spot because he's, he's, he's a big boy himself. He's six seven, you know, 300 and something pounds. But, yeah, that's, that's, that's the biggest question. It will continue to be the biggest question with the Jets. How does their offensive line hold up? Because if I'm not mistaken, I think they're starting. Uh, this is game eight for them, mm-hmm. and they're starting either their fifth or sixth different combination. And, you know, like the fourth different one in the last four games. So it's hard to build continuity. And, you know, it, it's going to be interesting to see. So how do you think their lineup will hold up then? Well, they've done better than expected, and uh, I, I think this is going to be one of their bigger challenges again because they haven't had a lot of time together. I think you know maybe part of the plan will be to try to get rid of the ball quicker, let Zach Wilson uh, play a little more up tempo, and and get rid of the ball so they're not uh, stuck blocking three, four seconds. Because I think Zach has proven this year he's playing better uh, with tempo. Um, but yeah, it is it is going to be an ongoing question because now. You know, I think there's another veteran tackle, Dwayne Brown, who could be back by next week. But after that, you know, all their other guys, like three different starters are on IR. So, you know, one is definitely out for the year, and the other two uh, are out for at least four games, maybe more. So, you know, they they can't afford any more losses. I mean, I don't know if you know what got, if you guys know what happened last week. They lost two centers last week and a a call-up who was playing right guard, never snapped before, um, became the center at the end of the game. Zach Wilson never took a snap for him, uh, and he was the center for you know, the second, late second quarter on. And, and, and they survived. They won the game. So, you know, they're a resilient group, but, yeah, it's, it's going to get tougher if they, if they uh, suffer any more injuries. Al Ionazone from Newsday's our guest on Sports 1440. A couple quick ones for you, Al. Just what's the general feeling with the Jets in New York and the New York area? Just because the Giants stink, they got pounded by you know, the Raiders. <laughs> Buffalo's just sort of treading water. So, I mean, yeah. there's an opportunity here for the Jets to kind of make some waves in New York. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, Buffalo is obviously in New York, but. W- we're we're in uh, closer to Manhattan, yeah. so you know the Jets are in, and Giants play in New Jersey. I live in New Jersey, but they are right now the team that everyone's hoping for. Right, now. you know, not Giants. Fans. <laughs> Giant fans want to see the Jets lose, just like Jet fans want to see <laughs> the Giants lose. It's a big deal that both baseball teams were, you know, ended up being terrible and not making the playoffs. Uh, a lot was expected for the Jets and Giants going into this year. Remember, the Giants were a playoff team last year. Um, and the Jets were thought to be Super Bowl contenders, and then Rodgers gets hurt, but they've risen above, and here they are, four and three. So yeah, every everything in New York right now is riding on, riding on the Jets. You know, basketball and hockey just started, but there, there, there's a lot going on with this team. There's a lot of hope. There's a lot of hype. They were the most hyped team coming into the season. Again, I keep going back because of Rodgers and because of that defense. And right now, they're still, you know, here. They're being hyped, but, you know, they have to prove it now. Now it's, it's, it's serious. They mm-hmm. had their bye. Yes, they had their very difficult part of their schedule early, but now it gets tough again because, uh, you know, they play the Chargers tonight, then they're in 
Las Vegas last week, and they played inspired ball. And then their next two games are against Buffalo and Miami, mm-hmm. and, and those are two, two huge games for obvious reasons, division, playoff, everything. So th- this is a very important stretch for them. Well, I guess you got the Rangers, Al, 8-2-1, and one, off to a good start. Yeah. <laughs> yep, yep. You know, Rangers are big too, but you know how it is with us over here. Yeah. It's it's mostly baseball, football, basketball, and then hockey. Yeah. You know, it's a little different than than you know where you guys are. For sure. Thanks so much for spending some time with us this morning. Enjoy the game tonight. All right. Thank you. Take care. That's Al Ian Azone from Newsday. Covers the Jets. Covers a lot of other stuff. NBA as well. I always thought, you know, when you're in a, you have the Italian name, you have that, you know, it would be Ianazoni, you know. It's like, you know, maybe not. Am I wrong? I feel like you got to fly across over to Europe. Oh. So the to Duke, to yeah. get the accent. I'm glad that Al said that to you, Duke, and kind of sometimes, you know, obviously we've never spoken to Al before and the pronunciation, you're just sometimes unaware of exactly. I was thinking that, you were too. Thinking I Ianazoni. was thinking that, yeah. You know, like a calzone, you know. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> when, when we come back, it's going to be uh, Lorianne Munzer's European vacation and some tips to the Oilers about how they can get some mojo back. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Carius Munzer on Sports 1440. Stay with us. All right. Welcome back to the big program. And we are riding the crazy train this morning with Lorianne Munzer and all your texts coming in. one 833 401 1440. Buddy Baker, my old buddy, Bud Baker. Hey, good morning, buddy. How does the goalie coach still have a job? In my opinion, he hasn't done anything his entire time here. Johnny Wishbone chimes in. KK, it's time to send Ryan down to the minors. He hasn't done anything. He's old, slow. Management has to take a stand, send him down. Because he has a wife and kids doesn't mean he doesn't go down or whatever. They're not running daycare here. That's Johnny Wishbone. The Hammer says, I bet Vegas could trade Campbell. Holland needs to think outside the box. Then we are going to go with a couple of areas where Lorianne Munzer's expertise. So a couple of Lorianne's kind of angle here. Klaus from Beaumont. I agree. The Oilers need a sports psych to go in there. That's Klaus from Beaumont. Then this is the one that, we were looking forward to. This is Victor. Let Munzer talk more, please. She actually gets it, knows what's needed. Fans and media are the same as the players, so focused on the negative and how do we find this or that. Fans and media need to focus on the positive, change their attitude too. I've listened to this crap for too long when the owners go through struggles. Munzer is a breath of fresh air. Oh, well, Victor, thank Vic, you. And I think thank that's you. playbook, Vic. Didn't, we, say, didn't say much about Josh Dobbs, eh, Vic? What's going on, big guy? So... The positive, accentuate the positive moving forward here, especially at this point when you're, again, 2-7-1. and one. You want to flush the first 10 games of the season here and start a new 10-game segment. So your professional opinion, accentuate the positive. Absolutely. But you know what? Go release all the other stuff, all the stuff that's not working. You know, go, I don't know, go run a mile. Go take a cold shower, go jump, do a polar bear jump into the lake, Mm -hmm. literally, (laughs) because everybody has something that you can do to release it, whether you realize it or not. Most people don't. And whatever you focus on is going to come out. I mean, Henry Ford said, you know, whatever 
if you think you're right, you're right. If you think you're, it's not going to happen, it's not going to happen. So where is your mind? Because you can only focus and hold one thought in your mind. We think we can multitask. Mm-hmm. It's impossible. Well, Mitchell says one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. Sports psychs don't make ninety seven or twenty nine back check. Uh, so why why can't we multitask? We, everyone always says that I can multitask. I can do several things at once. So what are you? What, what can you explain that a little bit more? As human beings, we can only hold one thought in our mind at a time. If you've got a number of thoughts, your your head is going to be in like a traffic jam. So you can do a number of things, but they're not going to be done really well. If you want to do something exceptional, if you want to win, you can only go forward with one thought in mind. Ask Connor when he's going and he's got the puck, he's going to put the puck in the net. Ask Wayne Gretzky, ask Michael Jordan, ask any athlete. Are they thinking about 10 different things? If they are, if you're talking baseball, you're never going to catch that fly ball because you're too distracted. If you think about when you're studying of something, you get a different idea. It takes you off track. So if you think about there's different levels and there's different frequencies, if you want to be on that winning frequency, you can't hold 10 other thoughts in your mind. Mm -hmm. And it's your will, your ability to focus that will move you forward. How can you shut out 6,000 people in a stadium? People will tell you it's impossible. I will tell you it's not. Mm-hmm. Katrina LeMay-Doan, when I was talking with her at the Olympics, there was Kurt Harnett, there was Mark Connolly, there was myself and Katrina. And we were talking about focus on that. Katrina says she sees everything. She sees even like the little, mm-hmm. you know, the camera that runs yep. along speed skating. She, she sees and hears everything. The intensity of where I was was a polar opposite, but it doesn't matter. It is whatever works. She needs that whole area, but she was still focused on where she was going. I've said many times on this program, whenever I talk about momentum and the others have none of it right now, zero. When you have momentum, keep it for as long as you can. Yep. When you don't have it, get it back as fast as you can. Absolutely. Why is it that right now the Oilers can't find that way to grasp that and get it back? I mean, it's a magic, it's the magic pixie dust, isn't it? I mean, if you can explain that. I will. One word. Let's hear it. They don't have a picture. As human beings, we think in pictures. So you and Jason have an idea for a radio show here. Mm -hmm. You're the morning guy. He's the afternoon guy. There's a picture that you hold in your mind about how all of this is going to unfold. When you play a game, what is the picture? We were just talking with Al Iazon. Yeah. Right? He talked about how confident that they can shut down any team. He's talking football. It's not hockey. But it's the same thing. He has a picture of how the team is going to perform. As an athlete, as a team, you have to have a collective picture. You've got to put all other things aside. When you step on the ice, you are in the arena. You are the gladiator. You got to go and you have to fight every inch of the weight, tooth, nail, everything. So I'm again looking at, 
trying to simplify. We talked about that at the top too. So I, if I'm playing a, a game and I want to have more success, I'm just simplifying. And Fernando Pisani said that as well. Yes. Simplify, do something. Make sure whatever it is, yep. find one or two or three things and do something. And I think Fernando was bang on. And whether it be getting the puck out when you're at the blue line or getting the puck in at the blue line. Fernando Pisani was one of the best in the league. And I call it one rink board advertising in at the blue line. Whenever Fernando Pisani was in a battle along the boards, one rink board advertising straddling the blue line, whether it's getting a puck in deeper, getting a puck out, fighting, winning that battle, that's the difference. There aren't enough of these tiny little battles being won. And then once you get all these battles collectively connected, now you've created a successful shift. Then you've created a successful half period, maybe one period. Mm -hmm. And that's what's lacking in my opinion. Get involved. Do something. Show something. Get out of your comfort zone. These are just simple things that for some reason... They're not doing it on a collective effort enough. Well, you got to get out of your head. Pisani said that he had three things that he focused on. He mastered those three things. And you got to figure out what those three simple things are for your shift, for your line, for when you're on the ice, when you're in the arena. You know, you, you look at the guys that do, you know, the UFC, you're in the octagon, you're in the cage. Oh, my God you got to be all in. Otherwise you're just going to get pummeled and that's what's happening. And it's like, you have to have a couple of things that are, what is your job? What are you going to go and do? And that is a picture. I think think there's too many pictures going on right now. Tons of texts coming in, one 1440 some agreeing, some disagreeing. Dallas says, if the Oilers have any heart, any pride, any type of thought process, they will come out and play their hardest game since the playoffs last year. Vancouver embarrassed them, then they won back-to-back. This game is all about pride. Smitty the Welder says, uh, laughing, you think Connor's only thinking of one thing when he has the puck? Uh, laugh out loud. Yeah, okay. Yegbuds, no work ethic. The Oilers need to think of hockey right now like it's a golf swing. One thought, not ten from KP. Yep. So yeah. similar you also, things. You also have to let go as well. Let go of all the expectations. Just go out and do the one job. Get the puck in the net. I don't know if it if if I agree with that. I again I'm more looking at connecting some shifts together where you are doing, don't worry about scoring because once you start thinking about that, now you get into trouble. You're never going to score. You get into trouble in the sense that you can't, everything, you know, they, they always say you're squeezing the stick too hard. That's just one, that's a, it's an old saying, they're squeezing the sticks too hard, which doesn't make sense really. But that's the old verbiage from years and years ago. Mm-hmm. Basically it means, you know, maybe you're trying too hard, trying to do something that you're not familiar with, trying to maybe do something that you can't control as much as you possibly can. Do the smaller little things, and all of that will connect. And now if you can do it yourself, your line mate might be in the same position. Yeah. Your centerman might be going, 
ah, my winger's doing this. Now I can follow off that. Yep. It's connecting the puck or the dots with your shift. Who's where? What's where? The goal is to get the puck in the net, but you also have to know where your teammates are Mm -hmm. so that you can get the puck into the situation so that it's going to go in the net. (laughs) Gripping the stick too hard makes sense, actually. (laughs) Well, the the thing is, gripping the stick too hard is actually an analogy for flow, right? It's just an analogy. When you're you're trying too hard, when you try to make something happen, it doesn't happen. You have to literally let go. And that's the hardest thing is when you stop trying to make it happen, it's going to sound really weird let it go, go have fun, mm-hmm. and just l- let it go. Line it up. Do you think, like, the Oilers in years past, all teams, it seems, have a sports psychologist or someone that comes in to talk to the team? If the Oilers are indeed doing that right now, what do you think that person has been saying to them? I don't know. Hmm. I've seen the sports psychologists, you know, with the Olympic teams, with the national teams. I think simplifying it, number one, you have to have a picture. What are you working towards? Your picture is your goal. And then what are you doing to get there? There's usually one or two things. Pisani was talking about three things. I only had two or three things when I was competing that I focused on. For me, though, one of the major factors for this two, seven, and one start are the glaring errors that, for some reason, have not been cleaned up. Whether you want to talk about Darnell Nurse in front of the net, where he's usually, as Mark Spector said, he's usually good. That's one of his strengths, cleaning up the front of the net. Having said that, you didn't see it against Nashville with Ryan O'Reilly with a couple goals on the doorstep. People should be afraid to go to the front of the net when Darnell Nurse is there. Mm-hmm. He should be so hard to play against in front of the net, but we don't see that. So that's glaring. It's a glaring error. On the rush, goals being scored off the rush, on the rush, with just simple little tweaks of, of awareness not happening. Mm-hmm. These are all things that should be clean. And the, every time it happens, the puck's going in the back of the net. Text coming in, one 401 The Oilers don't need a sports psychologist. They need a hard-ass coach like Gallant or Quenmill. Dylan, Oilers' biggest enemy is their own expectations. The moment you get away from what you think you're capable of, it becomes difficult to stop the slide. Expectations are a means of holding yourself and a team accountable, not something to live by. I think Darnell Nurse needs to have a chat with Sheldon Surrey. Big easy. Anyway, Oilers take on Vancouver tonight. You'll It'll be the first time you... Did, when did you get back from your holiday? Was it... Friday? Uh, Friday. Friday. Yeah. So Friday. you're still, is your body clock all wacky or what? Oh, it's just is so it? hooped. Yeah. I was up uh, at 3.30 yesterday. Oh, really? I was up at 4.30 this morning. So it, it takes a while. Yeah. Greece was nine hours ahead. It's funny. And then, so we watched the NFL game. The Duke did at 7.30 our time, right? On Sunday morning, Chiefs and Dolphins. Kansas City didn't go over there till Friday. What do you think of that? Like that body clock, Duke, is you got to be really whacked out. I mean. Yeah, it was weird because we've kind of noticed this trend with the European games uh, so far this season. And you can go back even further to years past that like 
when these coaches are trying to like beat the body clock and think, oh, yeah, if we get there late, the body doesn't even have time to realize that it's this and is still be working off the same timeline. It, it it doesn't work like that. So getting there as early as possible and allowing the body to acclimate and, and change over its internal clock seemed to be the most successful method for teams. Like the Titans, they did this similar thing a couple weeks ago. They got rolled mm-hmm. when they were there. But the Chiefs, they came out and uh, I just played a great game and kind of all of a sudden, a lot of question marks popping up around those Miami Dolphins and their <laughs> yes. legitimacy as a contender yes. now moving forward. So, did you see Duke's? Uh, did you see uh, Mike, Medan- Mike McDaniel's first uh, news conference over there? Did you see his his line? What he said like when he tried to drop the little joke and, yeah. and, and, and no, nobody, got, nobody, nobody were, bit on it whatsoever. Yeah. <laughs> so, what he came on the podium, Lorian, and he said, "Well, I know what a lot of you are thinking. Then I'm a lot bigger in person." And there wasn't one person that was in Frankfurt. The game was in Frankfurt, Germany. Yep. Maybe it was lost in translation. I'm not sure. But everyone was like waiting for something to... The punchline. Yeah. And he didn't say anything after that. And it was an awkward moment. Awkward moment. So you did have fun on your vacation, though. It was. And that's the one thing, too, is sometimes you just got to totally shut down the work. You mm-hmm. got to take a day off. Literally go do something totally different and change it up. And I find that's also a winning combination with the formula in sports. Texter Mark writes in at one 401 Go have fun. Really. It's a job. Go do it. I have never had a boss that said, go have fun. Try going to work. You're paid millions to do it, Mark. They haven't had fun for a long time. They haven't had fun this year yet, really. You know, something that I think about, uh, there's an expression I always say, get out of your head because when you're in your head, you're dead. (laughs) And what that means is when we're thinking so hard and so much about what we're doing, I'm doing this, I'm doing this, I'm doing this, is get out and do something in the community or go out and help somebody. When you go out and help somebody, when you go do something different, it changes the energy and it shifts the thing go do something totally opposite for what you're normally doing mm-hmm. and you'd be amazed at at the energy that you receive back well Laurie and munzer thank you very much for coming in after a little vacation we Great missed you. you we I missed, missed you. you too yeah it was it felt like it was gone you were gone like a year yeah, it seemed really <laughs> long but uh thanks for coming in and we'll see you back here on monday morning appreciate it you bet that's our monday co-host laurie and munzer top of the hour we will check in with former edmonton oiler goaltender ben scrivens maybe he's got uh, something to say something to shed some light on what's going on with the owners and ben scrivens one of the top toe drag artists in the history of hockey this guy can do it all that's coming up at the top of the hour first up here is the duke with a sports 1440 update